It's important to start looking at things, watching, listening, consuming things that you hate, because that will channel inside you. How would I do this differently? Hello and welcome to the Now Then podcast. In this conversation, we talk to music video commissioner, Kim Jarrett. We discuss her process of finding new talent, the importance of originality, and the benefits of consuming things you hate. Now then. All right then, now then. Now then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for coming on. It's all right, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, so Kim... You're a senior video commissioner. Something like that, yeah. At Atlantic Records. UK. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for the UK. Yeah. Um, could you give us a little rundown of what a music video commissioner does? And yeah. It is, just for people who don't know. Of course. So um, you can have freelance video commissioners or video commissioners that work in-house at labels. So pretty much every label has one in one way or another, shape or form. And it's our job to make music videos for our artists, basically. And that entails reaching out to directors, producers, production companies, finding ideas to facilitate the single and seeing that whole process through until it's online somewhere or on TV. Okay. I can go into it into more depth, but that's a little nutshell. Yeah, it's, nice. <laughs> it's a good it's nutshell. Because um, it's interesting what, like... I might apply for that job. <laughs> Are you saying that I don't have a job anymore? <laughs> I'm saying it sounds sounds nice. <laughs> it sounds like, does it sound nice, Kim? Yeah, you know, yeah, no one day's the same. Yeah. You get to work on a variety of things with a variety of different people, um, a variety of different creatives completely. And yeah, like you never know what you're going to get. You never know what the next day is or the next job that you have to do. So, Or who's staying at your house. Or who's staying at your house <laughs> in terms of... <laughs> That sounds weird with no context. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kim, Kim was doing a shoot yesterday and people had to stay at her house because they couldn't get home. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. I do not run a human trafficking ring. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't. <laughs> I think what's interesting about you though, Kim, is that you came from the production side first, yeah. right? So you were at OB Management yeah. as a rep. Yes. As a director's rep. And then you went over to the other side. Yes. And what... What, why was why did you do that shift? And did did you gain any knowledge from being the production side that you could take over to the music video to the uh, commissioning side? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was a director's rep for OB Management, and if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's basically an agent for directors. And at the company, we had agents for commercials, advertising, and agents for music videos. And I worked on the music video side. So we, I think at one point I had over 200 directors, about 140 in the UK and about 60 in the US because I was also president of our US arm. Yeah, so wow, a lot of directors. That's a lot of uh, mouths to feed. It's a lot of mouths to feed and to sort of answer your question of why the shift, I think that it being that, a lot of mouths to feed gets to you, basically. So, you know, I take things quite emotionally. So if one of my directors didn't win a job, I felt that as well. 
obviously it's not my living. I don't have to work job to job to get paid like most freelancers do. I have a salary, but at the end of the day, you want your people to do well. So yeah, so it's, it just got a bit tiring having to feed so many mouths, basically, yeah. like yeah. emotionally tiring, I'd say, not the actual physical work. I loved repping. I absolutely adore the company I work for. Um, they're the best, probably the best in the UK for sure. And everyone there is just amazing. Um, so I guess it was more uh, a burnout for me in, its, in catering for so many people all the time, every single day. Um, and yeah, the, in between that, I actually took a break out of the industry and I started working for a company that made, uh, feature film posters and trailers. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I did that for a year before going to commissioning and the commissioning came about with, um, my boss, Dan Kerwin, who's longstanding commissioner at Atlantic, very well known calling me up going, oh my gosh, um, someone's leaving and I really need someone. And you know that I've always loved you. Will you come and do it? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and that, <laughs> yeah. that was it really. But having done what I did for six years and before that I directed myself and produced and I did some exec producing as well, I massively got that side of the coin. And now I'm on this side of the coin. I feel like I'm one of the only people that has the full picture basically. So everything I learned before this job is a hundred percent, if not more, like completely usable in this line of work now. Yeah. Like the knowledge of how things work, what things cost, different mindsets, creative mindsets, the best people for what creative, all of it. Um, incredibly helpful. Yeah. Having, uh, even having empathy. <laughs> empathy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> Because it must be, I mean, I'm kind of jumping in for another question because it must be tough to then like knowing the pressures you must have from a record, from the label side of things to then like, and you must have been a rep and going like, God, how many people are pitching on this? Yeah. That, and then now you're in that position, and yeah. then, but it, you, it must be pressure, so much pressure on you from, from the label. Um, I'd say there's, there's not a pressure to get in loads and loads and loads of scripts. I think that comes down to the commissioner if I'm being completely honest, um, everyone's different. Everyone works differently, but yes, having been on the other side, knowing how hard an industry is, I try and be quite targeted about who I'm sending briefs to. And sometimes you have a list and no one's around or people pass and therefore you are forced to open out. It's just how it is. Unfortunately, I will never start, um, sending a brief out by going to every single person it's just what what does that look like for you for example like um you get a, a track in or a brief in what's the kind of stages for finding a director what? so it always starts with a track and budget and dates always starts there and then it's my job to create the brief sometimes when speaking to the artist they'll know exactly what they want to do and it's a matter of talking to them and management about what it is they want to do. And you distill that into a brief. Um, other times they don't know what they want to do. So it's about talking to them about things they like, areas they want to go in, um, what fans they want to reach, what they want to do differently maybe on this um, against previous, 
Um, sometimes marketing come into the conversation of we really need to hit this. So we want to portray this in a video. And it's about digesting all that information and putting it into a brief for people to understand the points that you want to hit um, in writing. And then I tend to put in other references of the kind of world we want to be in. So that might be through imagery or videos or films, any form of content, basically. We've had people, artists, um, set their whole briefs around a chapter in a book, for example, or a paragraph in a book. And that's been the brief, for example. Like, it can come from absolutely anywhere. So it's all distilled onto a tiny PDF document, which I make. Right. <laughs> with all the information. So I, I didn't, you know, I have almost, I didn't look, I didn't know that actually fully. I, I knew it came, a briefs came from different parts, but it's almost, I didn't know it was that creative on your side as well. Yeah. Y'all get feeding all this information and you're going, okay, well, it's this and this, this would be good for this video. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know, like a creative at an agency. Yeah. 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 yeah I know. And, and I'll tell you, <laughs> and, and I didn't even know you were directing before as well. So that must you know, feed into that a little bit as well. Definitely, definitely. No one should look those up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You can find them on. (laughs) Um, Yeah, all of that feeds in. And I have so many friends who are directors, obviously. Um, Do not know how many times I've been on set, but it's a heck of a lot. So all of that is all transferable experience and knowledge, um, which is consistently used all the time. And, you know, sometimes you might not know how to do something or really realize that idea for a brief. So sometimes I might reach out to the community I know and be like, hey, how how long does this type of VFX thing take, for example? And if someone comes back and goes, oh, that's a minimum 12 weeks. I know that's not going to work for our delivery dates or in the treatment. So I've got to think of something else. So yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, It's funny, isn't it? Because like all the directors you probably work with, you've probably been on set more than any of them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's so, that that experience is so valuable. Yeah. And I say, I always talk to you, Kirk, because like, I, I get envious of like DOPs sometimes because they're learning every single time. Every don't time. Don't matter if the shoot's good or bad. You're constantly learning. Completely. And I, 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 it's my favorite place to be. And it's the place I'm at the least, you know, mm. because of everything, you know, because of how it is. Mm. You're pitching yeah. this and that. And yeah. Other. I remember once um, on a shoot, it's kind of a golden rule, which everyone should apply, especially when they're shooting a performance video of artists. Just make your first shot the whole length of the track and get a safety. Doesn't matter if you're going to use it or not, just get a safety in case the camera goes down. And I remember being on a shoot saying to a director, we should get safety of this. We should get safety. And they were like, but I'm never going to use this part of the song. I was like, we should get a safety. And they were like, why? I was like, in case the camera goes down or something or something corrupts, at least you've got it in the bag. And what happened? The shot after the safety, the card's corrupted and we lost everything. Really? But we got the safety. And then they were like, huh, right. Yeah. See what you mean about safety. (laughs) It's like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. it happens. Like you can't predict these things sometimes. So, yes, you can do safeties, and then the card corrupts on the safety. But just trying to make things fail safe for yourself is so important. Yeah. And also, it's there is. I'm probably going on a tangent here, but um, I love tangents. 
<laughs> there is a danger in overshooting. I think the best directors know what to shoot. The worst overshoot is kind of spray and pray. Um, having an actual understanding and reasoning behind your shots is fantastic and you should. However, just make sure you cover them off because in that coverage, your editor might find some magic, yeah. which you actually haven't planned, Yeah, which could be useful. And if someone annoying like me representing the label or the artist goes, I don't like what you originally set out to do. Have we got anything else? And you don't have that, then it's you're a bit screwed. But overshooting, just doing 5,000 takes of the same thing is not the one. <laughs> so do you prefer shooting on film then? <laughs> I, <laughs> I personally... I was trained on film, so I went to uni and did film production, and we shot on film. And in my uni breaks, I would work for production companies on commercials who all shot on film. And there is a complete film etiquette discipline which comes with film, which has been completely lost shooting digitally. Yeah. And it's the, the difference between the two, for me, is so wild, yet... I'm so aware there's a whole generation of people who have never shot on film and know no different whatsoever. And they've just been used to a digital world. But the etiquette on set of a film when you're shooting on film is completely different. Everyone has to be on top of their game because it's film. It's expensive. You, you've almost got like with the budgets, one shot at it, etc. So you have to be calculated. And I guess part, I do miss shooting on film because of that calculation. And that really thought through process where everyone's on the same page and it's all laid out for everyone, including the artist. And it's not a case of standing in front of the camera going, what am I doing? Which sometimes happens because you're just rushing to get the job done. Um, It's a delicate balancing act is filmmaking, as you know. (laughs) It's difficult as well. And it, it feels like there's been a lot of kind of slashes within the kind of music industry recently in terms of like, creative do, do you feel like music videos are, are as important for directors to get into the industry as they once were uh yeah I totally totally do um music videos have launched so many people's careers I mean yes there are the legends and the greats who we all know about who came from music videos and now are winning Oscars but still to this day you're seeing people who do music videos and then all of a sudden they've got a commercial off yeah. the back of it and yeah. it's it's using that music video um in terms of the restrictions you're speaking about um i would honestly say that artists have changed and the way they consume media has changed more artists than ever are getting involved in the creative Mm. are directing themselves are organizing shoots themselves with their creative friends more than ever and i think there, those artists being in those creative circles is probably causing more of an input of, no, I want it more like this. I want it more like this. Sometimes it's really not coming from the label, but because you're hearing it from someone like me, you think it is the label, but we can't obviously say, oh, um, Billy's mate, uh, who does screen printing has said they hate the video and Billy's listened to them. So yeah, you need to fix it. But it, it generally happens. Yeah. And that's kind of what it is. I mean, the label, obviously, they want to make sure their artist is portrayed in a good light, obviously. Um, every single person wants something to go viral, obviously, for many reasons. And again, it's this delicate balancing act of 
respecting a director and the production company's time and effort and creative, what the artist wants, what the label's trying to do for the artist and being in that middle ground. Because at the end of the day, it is the artist's money. Yeah. Um, and I've always used this very, very terrible analogy, which um, a good friend of mine at OB laughs at and thinks it's terrible. But if you paid someone to build an extension on your house and this person, the builder, was like, oh, I've decided to put a water fountain in the middle. And you go, I don't want a water fountain in the middle. That's not what I want. And they go, yeah, but that, that's my creative. That's what I'm supposed to do. But you're like, but that's my money. Like... I don't want a water fountain in the middle. And they're like, yeah, well, screw it. That's what I want. Get a legend. Yeah. You're going to be a bit pissed off, aren't you? That's kind of how it is. <laughs> it's true. I've never thought about it like that. Me neither. This is exactly what it is, though. That's the delicate thing, isn't it, about, like, ownership. Because mm. in, the, in the end of the day, the label and the, the artist, they're paying for it. Yeah. They own it. Yeah. Not the directors. And it's really tough sometimes to be like, it's your idea in this. And, yeah. you know, cause sometimes you can go look on uh, a music video on YouTube and it accumulated millions and millions of views. Yeah. And then in your head, you're like, well, that's uh, them this amount of money. And you know, I only got paid this and I, yeah. I actually didn't even get paid for that. But the difficult is it's it, again, it's not your money. Yeah. Like I, I always kind of keep that in mind when I'm like, if I'm ever doing any, like a music video, for example, or, a, you know, or a commercial. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's again, it's a, I know it's a very touchy subject in the industry of directors of, um, um, I think it's a good conversation to have though. Cause I feel like there's a lot of hearsay going around and contracts changing. <laughs> I mean, I listened to, um, the APA chat with him in Pond's Jewels and things. And I don't know where that's at at the moment. I don't really know what's going on. I don't know if it, it was the States or here or, but that was about ownership and creative and things like that. Was it? I don't really. Yeah. So, um, I think the movement is we direct music videos. Um, there's definitely a letter I'm missing. I think it's WPMVD. I don't, I don't know. Very sorry, guys. Sorry. Um, there's something I'm missing. But it's a contract which was laid out which protects the director and the production company and the creators on the production side more so than current contracts are. Um, and it's a template, as it were, which can be negotiated with whichever client and director and production company. So there are things in it which say um, if a director of production company puts their own money into a video to make it happen, then they should get a kickback of something as agreed between the two parties. That's one of the clauses of templates. Um, so I don't know of anyone that has done this yet not saying it won't happen or can't happen but i just don't know of anyone that's done it um we haven't done it yeah yeah, yeah. put a fiver in hey, well i'm getting back but i i do think it's slight I, mean, I i was the same when on the other side i was like oh my god these views are generating so much money what a joke it's not as much as you think it is and there's a real problem with royalty rights, which is the whole point of why Tidal sort of created itself. It wanted to give artists a bigger revenue per stream than the other current providers. Um, and YouTube's is at a certain number, which isn't what you think it might be. 
So it's all quite relative. Um, and also a lot of directors do not know this and a lot of producers do not know this, but any music video budget which is briefed out has been agreed between artist and label because 50% the artist pays for, 50% the label pay for. If you go over budget and you're wondering why on earth can't they give me the money? Duh, 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 they're ex-billionaires. It's because the artist has to front half of that money. And sometimes they just don't have that money. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Not a lot of people do know that. <laughs> so in my head, I didn't even, which is why we're shooting on digital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In my head, I didn't even know. Sometimes I didn't even, I'm like, oh, the artist won't even know what the budget is. That that's used to be my thought yeah. process. Yeah, I didn't, no. Oh, no. wow. Yeah. In terms of like directors pitching on scripts, mm. I keep hearing stories that there's like 15 directors pitching on one music video. What For you, what kind of like, what's the kind of cap off point? Well, as I say, I try and be quite selective and limited when I go out. Yeah. Um, if I get a whole bunch of passes, I have to go out wider, then I might get more in. But I tend to get in around five or six, yeah. maybe eight, yeah. depending on the artist. Um, I have heard some true horror stories. I mean, when I was repping, um, we did a video and I don't know how we won, but we were one of 40, yeah. which is it's crazy. mad. Is That's just insane. Um, because you're not reading those ideas. You're not sharing those ideas. That's just too much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, sometimes it happens where you've, you've had to go out wider and you've ended up getting loads in because your original list yeah. collapsed, basically. Yeah. So as I said, it's down to the commission. Every commission is different, but I tend not to, because because I've been on the other side and I know it's like not cause a feeding frenzy. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I mean, I was just like, God, thinking about the amount of treatments you've seen and read. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen so many. Yeah. And I tell you what, I bet you see some trends kicking about and the same oh, things knocking about. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> oh obviously you gosh. see trends, don't you? Music you videos do. all happening and you must be like, oh my God, they've just seen that and this yeah. is just this and this, you know. Yeah, all the time. And when I watch music videos, which I had nothing to do with, sometimes I watch them and go, yep, I know that reference. Yep, I know that reference. I can see what you've done there. Yeah. yeah, I can see the treatment. But it must be tough then, like, um, you know, all these treatments coming in, and straight away, usually, I guess you go, oh, this, would you pick it initially looking at visually and go, this visually looks good, I'll, I'll read this. Or, because sometimes, say I'll, I'll write a treatment, I'll write, I'm like, writing is the main thing, what I'm doing. Yeah, but then, but then I'll be like, oh, God, I've got to pick some images for this. Because sometimes I won't, I won't go off references i'll listen to it mm -hmm. and just think what emotionally is coming out of my brain mm -hmm. and write it mm -hmm. and then find and then be like oh shit i'm like where will i find that <laughs> that's like, and that's can be really hard that that is incredibly hard um it's called visual referencing for the people out there or as i like to call visref um <laughs> um it is incredibly hard um i'll Go on a tangent after I answer your question. <laughs> it's a good tangent. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I read every treatment that comes in, every single one, obviously, because that's my job, um, I how I pick like a top three or top two is based on have they understood the brief? 
have they spun it in something spun it in such a way which is kind of cooler maybe and takes the artist to a, a newer place than the brief suggested um have i seen these references a million times before if i've seen them a million times before then it's not gonna do it for me really um that doesn't mean i create completely wholly unique original work all the time don't flame me for it people um, <laughs> <laughs> um but it's it's again it's a mix of different things and do these references speak to the artist will the artist understand these references will the artist get along with this director because that's the other thing is it's a bit like match.com in personalities and chemistry between people that has to be a click as well because if not it's difficult for everyone involved so that's another massive part of my job is actually knowing people Mm. to know if they would work well with artists and obviously knowing artists to know if they work well with certain directors you've got loads of ideas over the pictures of of the years and sometimes you're like you you quite like to use them again on a different song because i want to make them yeah Yeah. that's the main thing oh completely and it also works for commissioners let's say there's an idea that someone sent for one song and you get told X amount of weeks, months later that you need to make a video for another thing. And you think, oh my God, remember a treatment that was written for that would be so perfect for this. I mean, um, there's going to be a brief I'll be sending out very soon. And I'm already thinking of a director's treatment, which I saw seven years ago, which would be absolutely perfect for this. And I've always remembered it as an idea that I wanted to see. So when I get that in, I'll be reaching out to that person who's probably like, are you kidding? No way. <laughs> but um, I'm like, I remember that idea and I really want to see it made and it would be perfect for this. See, so it, it's just, I guess the point is there that like, no, no it's no, nothing, no efforts like um, pointless. Never. It. Like it's always worth, if you have time and, and I, it tracks like teasers an idea just to write something. Yeah. Right? And yeah. also if you're new and upcoming, get your name out there. It's, you'd be surprised how, yes, if you don't win something, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're rubbish. It just wasn't right at that time. And sometimes people go, um, oh, I remember so-and-so wrote a really great script for me. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, but I really want them to write again. That happens. And that's a way of, that's like a currency for directors. And just getting your name out there, being in the game, like we were saying earlier, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. yeah. It's basically. Proper. So how do you kind of go about finding directors then? Is that is it something you kind of look for on like, you know, promo news and different other publications and yeah. stuff? Or is it a case of you got a black book of directors? and? Yeah, I mean, having been a rep for as long as I was, it was kind of part of my job to know the competition as well. So to know every other director and what they were doing. So I feel like I've got this weird old computer storage in my head of loads of people that I'm like, okay, I know those guys. And now I have to just update myself on the new people that I don't know. Uh, so yeah, it's watching videos, finding out who directed them, publications like Promo News, Video Static, IMVDB, going through music magazines for maybe an obscure artist I've never heard of, but someone's done an amazing job. Um, hate to say it, Instagram. Is fantastic. Yep. You follow crew members like DOPs, editors, colorists, etc., and they've done a new thing. You go, who did that? Who's that? Find a new person. Like, it's. I think it's easier than ever to find people right now. 
than it was, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. But at the same time, there's more directors now, more than ever. Yeah. And it just makes the pool bigger and harder for people to break through. Yeah. Yeah, big time. Yeah, more than ever than I've ever even realized. Yeah. (laughs) This this, this past year. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God, there's so many. Yeah, so there's a lot. But there's a lot of people who have a camera and can edit who are calling themselves directors. Yeah. Which is fine and fair. But then, again, that etiquette, that way of working becomes very evident when you start working with people if they have it and you're like, "Eh, you've got some learning to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I think a lot of people don't understand that. Just because you can physically do it doesn't mean that you're there yet, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Everyone's always growing. Someone told me filmmaking's like a muscle. If you don't keep working and exercising, it goes flabby. Very true. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Where's yeah, that belly come from, Ozzy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Has there been like a slash with the music video budgets that you've seen? I think COVID really screwed everyone, obviously, over. But within um, this world, people had to tighten their belts. Um, Artists make most money touring rather than other forms, touring and brands. And we had near to two years of no touring um, no brand partnerships being able to be done um, and therefore videos just couldn't be made in the way they were. So you had the whole tell an artist how to film a video themselves at home over Zoom kind of thing. And I think from that shrink, I don't think a lot of people have recovered yeah. still. Yeah. Um, so I hope there's a uptick. Uh, obviously the world's getting more expensive in every sense of the means also you know in the own industry apa crew rates have gone up um as well and covid has just made everything more expensive what's happening in ukraine right now which is despicable has made things more expensive so i think the market will have to lift up to be in track with everything else i mean with advertising of course um someone who actually works in advertising will probably speak better on this than me who does not anymore um but cost of living is going up general advertising is obviously about getting general consumers to buy products that's what advertising is people aren't spending as much as they are on certain things anymore so that market has to reflect the general public and consumer as well things are getting more expensive products are getting more expensive so they have to sort of fluctuate between the two and find their new middle grounds for things. And um, I I can imagine like the some products world is being hurt by Brexit things, what's happening in Ukraine trade-wise, and that's having an effect. And so maybe their marketing budgets from the client, I'm talking the products, maybe their marketing budgets have gone down, which then affects the advertising budgets, which then affects what cut they can actually give out for production it all has a massive knock-on effect so i say watch and read the news to find out how it affects your life yeah <laughs> basically definitely i could be chatting absolute nonsense but get someone in advertising to 
confirm or deny what yeah, I just no, no, said. No. You've, you've been giving some absolute like nuggets of knowledge, <laughs> but like the main advice for new directors. Okay. My main advice, which I tell people quite a bit. So if people who know me are listening to this, I'm really sorry. But my main advice is change your frame of reference. What I mean by that is if you're a director or a cinematographer or whatever in the industry, quite rightly and quite likely you are all watching the same things. Therefore, your brain, your inspiration is all going to be inspired by the same things. Ultimately, you're going to end up making the same kind of work, which won't stand out. Change your frame of reference. You need to start watching things that you would never normally watch. You need to start going to galleries and exhibitions that you like and that you hate. It's important to start looking at things, watching, listening, consuming things that you hate because that will channel inside you, how would I do this differently? And it's that inspiration and drive which will make you more original and make things more exciting. So go to railway museums, look at trains, look at how things are painted and what they're made out of and the construction of it and things like that. And think about texture and elements and materials and be like, oh, if I were a train driver, what would it be like? Or if I designed this train, what would it be like? It, trust me, it's going to spur more thought and vision and ideas than you consuming Paul Thomas Anderson's Batcat over and over and over again. <laughs> I love Paul Thomas Anderson. Everyone loves Paul Thomas Anderson. That's the point. Yeah. Everyone loves it. And furthermore, as part of that, you will be working on things that you hate. So get used to looking at it. And it's your job to make it brilliant. Even if you don't physically consume that product yourself. So it's not all, you know, amazing that you get to cherry pick sometimes what you want to work on. Sometimes there's an opportunity it might be for something you don't like, but it's your job to make it great for yourself. So you need to learn how to work with things that aren't in your general world all the time. That's my main bit of advice. I'll tell you what, on that amazing note. <laughs> I'm going to send that and get that <laughs> transcripted <laughs> and reply to all my emails and go, hey, oh, fucking read that. <laughs> <laughs> on the wall of every production company yeah. yeah that's amazing amazing advice um yeah, but yeah great. on that note i think that's a great note yeah. to go to, wicked to finish that oh thanks, thanks. so much for coming so on thanks so much, i'm gonna man. ask you a question oh i'm gonna end i'm gonna end <laughs> oh, i'm gonna end now then oh, like that i'm throwing it back since i'm being interrogated <laughs>